On this episode of the Panjoy Podcast, we speak with Kevin J. Kevin was a saw gunner in 3rd Platoon, Bravo Company 164 at Sperwangar in 2012. Kevin talks to us about stepping on an IED in June of 2012, his recovery, and his efforts to start a family in the wake of his injury. It was a privilege to speak with Kevin and hear how hard he and his wife fought to have a family. The Panjoy Podcast starts now. Talk about how Clark's calf looked like a a thigh of chicken. Like we start applying that to our to human uh, legs and muscles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, like you're walking a dangerous line because, like, like I'm not gonna lie. When you mentioned that Clark's like looked like a chicken, I was like, I could really go for some chicken right now. It's like (laughs) I'm not that that far from wanting to eat Clark's leg. (laughs) (laughs) It just feels. It felt just like if you pick up like a chicken breast, especially if it's sitting out just a little bit, you know. Yeah, it feels just like a calf yeah. muscle. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. And almost every time that I cut chicken breast, I think of Clark's leg. So, you know, <laughs> thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. Well, it, it did nothing to appease your appetite for uh, for chicken. So let's take true. from that yeah. whatever you will. Well, it's just maybe it's it's maybe I think it's more of a, a degrees of relation more than an actual like it doesn't literally feel that way but it's just that that's what it makes you think of you know what i'm saying right yeah so we're sitting here with uh kevin J, who was uh, a fella over in third platoon and actually uh, kevin you're our first guest from third i think right curtis yeah yep yeah, yeah, I think he, is, you guys yeah. he also has the distinction of being our first amputee what what from the deployment so uh we i don't want to mess with it i kind of wanted to do the applause from the soundboard but uh <laughs> i don't have the confidence to do that that i won't fuck it up <laughs> right <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where like you don't want to be the first but well it, gi- it gives you a way you can look down on everybody that got blown up after you be like <laughs> Okay, slow down. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you look where you're walking? Obviously, I didn't. Uh, but come on. <laughs> like, why are you guys trying to be like me? You know, I'm just the that brand new private to you, your guys's unit. Like, you don't need to follow me. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um. You're uh, you were you were leading the charge on that one, my good man. Yeah. yeah. Um. We know they say that like the they call them like classes at Walter Reed, like you're the class of 2012 or whatever. So that would mean like you're like the senior, right? The, the or the the class president or something of uh, uh, of a class, class that I didn't want to be a part of. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Somehow uh, I was. Uh, yeah, no, I mean with how where I stepped and like the proximity uh, of that. I'm glad it was me because, mm. you know, just for the sake of, you know, I had uh, Maddox, I had Adams back there. Um, you know, those are the guys that I was really close with. No yeah. offense to, you know, anybody else, but, you know, those are the guys that I've been with for over a year. And, you know, I know their families, um, more so Maddox. Um, mm. You know, I know them and I'm like, 
someone someone was going to get hit that day yeah you know from where that ied was you know you said you drew it out like from where that ied was it was just a matter of time before one of those guys yeah hit that it would have been the first then somebody making that right hand turn and i i will when we start when we talk about your story and we put this up on youtube i'm gonna put my drawing up there and i'm gonna run it by you first but I have a yeah, very no, good idea of what it looked like. I mean, you yeah. can do it without my permission. I don't care. I mean, I well, think... I'm going to do it with your permission. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't going to speak for you, but yeah, that was the crazy thing about during our pre-interview. We found, you know, as you were talking about when you got hit, Curtis and I, like, we were jo- we were we were joking, we were talking about afterwards. Yeah, we could visualize it. Like, if I could paint, if I could draw, yeah. I know exactly what happened there that day. Yeah, but, and but we're getting ahead like, of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. But yeah, yeah, that's true. So at this point, most of our guests that are on the show have actually seen the show uh, or the podcast or listened to it. So I, you know, you actually kind of do know the format. So Kevin, if you could just kind of give us a little bit of background of, um, you know, how you ended up to join the the army, why you chose infantry. Um, and you have a, a pretty unique set of circumstances that brought you to uh, Bravo Company 164, which I didn't know are very similar to our, our most recent guest, which was Tom Evans, Yeah, had yeah. a very similar path. So if you could just kind of give us the the elevator speech of how you yeah. ended up at Bravo um, 164. So like before I joined the military, I was, you know, working at a bunch of uh, uh, not really odd jobs, but you know, I was a sales supervisor at Office Max, like right out of high school. Um, I worked for a merchant processing company called First Data. And then it was more of my like recent job, like in 2008, 2009, where I was working for uh, Mythic Entertainment, which is kind of like what uh, a sister company or, you know, some little entity of electronic arts. And so I was... Which is a massive company. Right. Yeah. And so we were, you know, so I got that job as basically, you know, a GM for um, Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning. So, yeah. Yes. At that time, that was supposed to be the wow killer. Yeah. You know, Mm. and, um, you know, that was that was a fantastic job. The drive sucked. I was like driving from Smithsburg, Maryland, all the way to Fairfax, Virginia. Now that that not to back you up too much, but that would have been based off the Warhammer board game, right? Yes. That was the, like the central yeah. concept. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, nerd, it was nerd, definitely nerds unite, right? It, it was, <laughs> it was probably like one of the coolest jobs because you know I was just like a uh, it was a little gem. So if you got stuck in the game, you know mm. I jump out to your like location and uh, you know yank you so you not stuck anymore. If you missing an item, I can. Um, you know, if you accidentally sold one and couldn't get it back, I could redo it. And something that I really liked was looking into the quests and like why they were broke. Um, so it was it was very, very fun. But uh, sadly, in 2008, 2009, we know kind of like what happened there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then that game just didn't do well. Um, and mainly because they weren't fixing stuff. They tried to open with too many servers instead of, you know, because they didn't want to have like queue times because we all everyone hates waiting. But right. You know, the other side of that is you opened 100 servers. Now everyone's <laughs> spread out. Yeah. Then you don't fix stuff. And then there's like, you know, it was a game solely based on. You need to have like even numbers on both sides, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so right. it just didn't work. So 
Also, it's it, tough to unseat something like Wow, man. Like, yeah, many have yes, tried and good. all oh, of yeah, them have failed. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they yeah. definitely had the chance if they executed it a little better. I think, and mm. I'm not just saying that because yeah, I worked there, but uh, they had a very good, you know, format for it. You know, a very good outlook, and they had a they had a bigger base uh, probably than uh, World of Warcraft. I mean, Warhammer. That yeah, that Warhammer's working, huge. Yeah. Like, how old is that? yeah God. you know that's <laughs> no you know yeah. that's there's no telling but um and and there's no higher class of nerd except right. maybe D D players like right. warhammer is like yeah, one Warhammer's step below nerdy D&D players yeah that's real nerdy yeah, yeah. I mean, warhammer has so many different uh they got like what is it the 40k um they even have like the space marine one or whatever it is They've got a Star yeah. Wars knockoff of Warhammer. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, so, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like I made it through, you know, with 2008, 2009, they started laying people off. Mm-hmm. And I made it to like eight waves of it, you know. Um, it was just was not a good time for the, for that whole entire business. Um, and so then I just struggled trying to find a job. Um, you know, they definitely did pay me well for like kind of like a severance package. But, you know, I am. Um, couldn't really find anything. And, and at that time it was, it was scarce to find anything anyway. Um, sure. Just because yeah. of the times. And so I decided, uh, you know, to, I wanted to maybe get into the military, you know, and at first I just wanted to do like reserves. I didn't really want to like travel. I just, I kind of wanted to stay home. Uh, I wanted to try to do like a 25 uniform, um, something that something nerdy. Um, you know, definitely wasn't even remotely thinking of infantry at that time. Um, but so then I did the ASVAB and failed that miserably. You know, this is like um, going on five years after being in uh, high school. So yeah. and um, and it you know, really is it, like high school level yeah. math and English. And if you don't like go back and restudy like your old high school stuff, like yeah. you're screwed. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I even I tried college. I tried um, HC, you know, local community college. You know, it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I thought, <clears throat> OK, let's go to the military. At least they'll kick my ass into, you know, better shape. And, you know, even if I just do reserves, you know, that basic training and all that will still kind of maybe like knock some sense into me or something. Mm. Um, but, you know, took the ASVAB, failed that miserably. You know, they were like, well, you can't do reserves. The only thing that you have is infantry. And I was just like, <laughs> and, and, you know, they, I, I was like, can I retake it? And they were like, no. And probably I would have been able to retake it at some point. Yeah, but I just definitely could have. You know, at <laughs> that point, I was just like, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, it was so just like, I mean, did when you joined as infantry, did you know what? What was like, did you understand what the job was? Oh, like I mean, that? I knew like what infantry was. It's not like yeah. I was completely, uh, you know, blind to it. Um, yeah. You know, did I think I was going to have a blast? No. Um, mm. You know, I, I just. I thought, you know, I just needed to change. And, you know, I think that it was going to do what I wanted. And I just. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So let's do something, you know, let's do something uh, meaningful, um, you know, because they always do that little spiel of, you know, you're joining after 9-11, you yeah. know, all this, you know, stuff's terrible over there. And like, sure. OK, let's go. Cool. Um, so, so, you know, I joined 
Um, I did kind of like a delayed program. So I'd join or like go to basic in October instead of like June. Cause I think that's where, what I was going to do if I, you know, didn't do the, do the delayed program. Um, and you know, I thought going to Georgia, I'll go in October. So it's nice and cool. Cause I do not like the heat. Um, <laughs> I was completely wrong and that was a totally different cold too. So it all sucked, but yeah, you know, <clears throat> that, that Southern humid cold. Yeah. Just it's something different. It, it's different, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was negative 10 here like last week and I went to go get firewood and a hoodie and a jeans and my slippers. Right. I would never have done that. Yeah. Below yeah. 20 degrees. I mean, I go I go Georgia. I'm here in Maryland and I go snowblow and shorts. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, it's just it's, different. It's whatever. I it go cuts right through shorts. you, man. Yeah, it just cuts through you you can put on all the layers and it just cuts right down to the bone, yeah. man. Yeah. And so you know, um, getting close to the end of uh, basic, you know, they do their whole thing where they start telling you where you're going. And I remember the drill sergeant was like, who the fuck did you piss off? You're going to Fort Stewart. I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. So, you know, uh, I'm uh, going from one end of Georgia to the other. I do have to say, though, like Fort Stewart is, you know, the base itself, not the greatest, but the location of it compared, you know, for like those your two day weekends or, yeah. you know, extended weekends. It's like the perfect place because mm. you have all these, um, all these cool locations within those weekend trips. That's and true. I don't yeah. know if there's a lot of bases that are like that, where, you know, you have that luxury of being so close to things. So when you, uh, when you first got there, you got sent the two seven, right? Yep. Two seven infantry Bravo company. So I didn't leave, you know, I stuck with Bravo, apparently, you know, I didn't have like the greatest time, you know, and what private does have a great time, like when they first get to a unit, you know, and in hindsight, I, I appreciate that uh, rough go, like being a private, getting to mm-hmm. your unit and just getting the crap spoked out of you like every single day. <laughs> and you were probably one of the first, like, you're probably in that fresh batch of privates off their deployment from Iraq, yeah. right? So you had to be pretty yeah, early on so. in that rotation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, and for me, I had a big, uh, confidence issue. And so like, you know, we'd have my, uh, squad leader at that time, I think it was Sergeant Para. Um, he was real rough on me and like, they were always like wanting to study, you know, all the infantry stuff and don't ask me it now. Cause I, I know for a fact, I don't remember half of it, but, um, turns out it didn't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, cause they wanted you to walk in a wedge and we walked in, you know, yeah. ducks in a row. Um, but, um, you know, he would always like test us on our knowledge. And for the most part, I knew, you know, I was studying and everything and I knew it, but I wasn't sure of myself and he could sense that. And so was always getting on me about that and was doing pushups all the time, whatever. But, um, you know, and again, hindsight, thank you for that. Um, cause it definitely right. helped me out in the later run, later run. Um, so we were there for, so that was probably like February of 2011. And so into seven, four, about a year. And then it's, uh, you know, March of 2012 when, 
or like more February, the end of February of 2012 was when um, my squad, um, 27 Bravo, I, I forget what platoon we were. We were probably third platoon um, okay. there as well. Um, and that was me, Maddox, uh, Adams, Mahoney, and Mora. And uh, we were told like, hey, you guys are going to be going to 164 Armor and uh, you guys are getting ready to deploy like right away. Mm. Uh, they're at NTC right now and they don't have enough dudes to go on their deployment. So did you have any idea? Like, so when, when you guys started getting word that you were coming to us, uh, did you have any idea what to expect out of the deployment? Like, did you, did they give you any information about what, no. what was going on in the AO or anything like that? Or was it just like, you're going? N- not really. Um, I mean, we did hear some like news around the area. Like mm-hmm. there, uh, I think that was some kind of crazy stuff going on, but, but no, uh, we didn't really hear anything, uh, of what was going on. Um, it's just, you know, Hey, you're going over here. Um, mm-hmm. they leave in like about two weeks, two, three weeks or whatever, get your fares in order and, uh, yeah, bye. Um, and so like our, our, it's, it's interesting that they did it like that. Because if yeah. they had just gone to your company and be like, hey, we need five guys to go on a deployment in two weeks, they would have gotten five volunteers. Yeah. You know, there would have been five guys like, yep, sign me up. But to just grab five guys like, you're going. It's like, yeah, no, I think come on, um, man. it was not like that. Uh, yeah. It was, I think it, I don't know. I mean, granted, I'm just a private at that time. Um, but I don't know if they sent it down the chain, like to the platoon sergeants, hey, pick a squad to go. And, um, you know, and they're going and I guess it was more of just like, yeah, we'll help out and, uh, we'll have them back and then realize, no, you're not getting them back. They're going to be with them for, you know, the long haul. And I know my, our platoon sergeant at that time, Sergeant White was not happy with that whatsoever, you know, but, uh, it was nice. They kind of threw us like a little going away you know, ceremony at that, that day or whatever when before we went to you guys. Uh, so you came to us, you know, basically as soon as you got there, you deployed. So you didn't know anybody. Yep. You didn't know anybody in the platoon. And, no, no. Yeah, um, you guys got attached to third platoon right off the bat, right? Yeah. 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 But at least, you know, I stayed with my, um, my squad, which was, sure. which was nice about it. It wasn't that bad. You know, let's put it yeah. that way. Um, because I was still with the guys that I knew. Um, and then I think we gained what was it? We gained uh, a couple of like brand new privates. So you you came to us roughly around the same time that you know Tom Evans and his his group came to us. Yep. Um, and then also the same time that I came to the platoon mm-hmm. because it was we were all part of this one big group or um, except I think you came even later because we were already doing training and stuff. And I remember you guys, in hindsight, showing up towards the end of our train up. Because um, we did like all those sticks lanes and IED lanes and classes yeah, no, we, beforehand. Uh, I don't think... You didn't join us for that. You showed up like right at the end. We're like, oh, we're going too. Yeah, like we... <laughs> maybe we should have uh, been there for that. Um, no, you wouldn't you know, have maybe... gained anything from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have done anything for you. No. Yeah. Um, Still would have lost it. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 get to Afghanistan um as a as a platoon and we get to Spurwingar. We've already talked about how 
awesome Spurlingar was as base. Yeah, like like I said, I was you know being brand new. I was surprised with what we had. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good setup. So we we get there, we start doing missions and stuff. Um, I know third platoon didn't get into any contact early on. We got the first contact, and then mm-hmm. you guys chased it around for a while. Yeah, and I don't remember if you guys got if anybody got a CIB before clearing the horn, but you guys definitely got a lot of CIBs clearing the horn. Yeah. Um, now you, you said you didn't really have much, you know, going on with that, but do you remember much about any of those firefights down in the horn? You know, I remember them. Um, it's just, I remember, I remember when our own mortars were like getting close to our own guys. Um, yeah. You know, I remember that, um, you know, a lot of the firefights, like I said, uh, they were happening up in the front. I was with Maddox and my team in the back and, um, you know, we were just always pulling rear security. So we were always, you know, um, at the tail. So right. I didn't really, you know, like I said, I didn't really get to uh, see a lot of that or do anything like that. Um, you know, I do remember the day we lost Lux, um, which was rough, um, you know. Um, but again, I was in the back. I was in the back and then then hearing that uh, come down the uh, come down the chain was was sure. not uh, fun to hear, um, yeah. you know, and then had to like run up to kind of pull security when um, um, they get them out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that 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 particular incident, um, was it a pretty sustained amount of fire that you heard and then nothing or was it, you know, were you guys in a pretty meaty gunfight for a while? Uh, I don't think it was for very long. Um, I mean, granted, my that uh, was a long time ago now. Sure. It's coming to think of it, sure. but I don't think it was very long. Um, yeah. I think it was that. I think it was more of like, you know, they probably did, you know, counted like, you know, 10 with firing mm-hmm. and then ran off. And then right. we did our like firing back and, you know, um, trying to see like what's going on, but it did not last for long. I mean, I don't even think we got anybody that day. Um, no. Well, and the reason I ask is because that was roughly the same area that you got hit. Yeah. Um, mm. Not, not yeah, the exact very, same village, but it was very close. close. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know if, uh, if that brought back any memories for you, but no, I mean, um, no, I like, I, I think I, like I said before is like my mind, I think because I was there for such a short period of time. Yeah. And, you know, I all really Lux and then maybe a couple, uh, BDAs, uh, that we had to go out for. And I think I even had to, uh, take a prisoner back, um, to calf, you okay. know, and, and th- those were like the only times I like, I really saw anything like right. really kind of crazy. Um, so I think, you know, I was, I wasn't really exposed. Let's put it sure. that way to yeah. a lot. And we've talked about that several times that, you know, especially as a, cause you were a saw gunner, um, you know, especially as one of the two saw gunners in a squad going out, you know, one's in the front, one's in the back. And, you know, and we, it, the firefight was very rarely in the entire formation. So it was very, very easy to be the guy that was always on the other end of the formation from the firefight. That was always kind of rough for me. And, and especially with, 
you know, cause I did some public speaking, like, um, once I got out of the military and, you know, I, I came to find out that I didn't really like talk, not that I didn't really like talking to them. It's just, I didn't really feel like I connected very well to, um, guys our age or the, the, the older, um, crowd sure. because, you know, they all, you know, they did something and yeah. Okay. I stepped on a IED and yeah, whatever. But, you know, I, I didn't do, I, I feel like I didn't do the th- same things that everyone else did. Um, and that always kind of like eats at me a little bit. Um, which is why like, sometimes I'm a little like hesitant in talking about talking to people from my generation or even the older generation. Cause I just don't feel like I, uh, you know, in a way fit in, um, because they're talking with all these war stories or whatever, and whether or not they're BS or accurate, um, yeah. you know, I just don't feel like I, um, fit in. Cause all I did was step on something and go home. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, and they, they call that imposter syndrome where you, you especially as a, as a wounded warrior, yeah. you know, you, I can totally understand why you, why you would feel that way. I would disagree. Yeah. I yeah. think you're absolutely would, entitled to share your story. Disagree. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think you have a lot to add to the discussion yeah, um, certainly. based on what you experienced because you, I mean, just in the last you know five minutes, you're talking about how you were on the battlefield for two people being killed and you were, you know, yeah. yeah, you didn't, you weren't the one actually slinging the rounds up in the front, but yeah, you know, you're you're doing everything that's as important, uh, and you were there and you were humping that saw <laughs> over Drape Rose, <laughs> saw, for, right? You know, yeah. however many miles. So, um, I, imposter syndrome is a real thing, and even guys that have seen a lot of shit, everybody experiences yeah. it to some degree. Yeah, like there's people that have like multiple awards and been in like ten deployments. Like, yeah, I've been on ten deployments into combat, but I just uh, it wasn't like World War Two, so I don't really talk about it. It's like, right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and you know, one of the things about that mission that we went on with, you know, that patrol, it was a company patrol, which was kind of unusual for us, especially yeah. that early in the yeah. deployment. But yeah, because um, Captain we, Kitchen was wasn't far our, behind me. Yeah, yeah, and that was one of our first forays out east, you know. So like that was mm-hmm. part of that experiment to go out to the eastern part of the of the AO to see what's going on out yeah. there. And uh, you know, that day in particular, man, like that was a that was not a easy going day. There was some serious fighting going on that day. So like you know, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. There's no there's no need to feel like you didn't do your part because that yeah. that firefight was fairly thick. You know, at least yeah, you know what. We heard going on down. We heard of it, yeah. And then up in first, we got hit a couple times, and uh, you know that was probably my second close call to deployment or round just zip over my head, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, oh yeah, because you were saying that was the recoilless or something. No, no, was that another? That was when uh, regular round. Yeah, we had we had not been shot at with the recoilless yet at this point. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Thank uh, God. That was (laughs) the first time that we had the Gustav out there. It was, yeah, yeah. But that was yeah. uh, I. I was not gunning it. Someone else was, mm. and this person yep. watched and missed a great push oh, by like fifty something feet, just sailed off into oblivion. Well, fifty <laughs> feet in height, about two kilometers in distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the, well, we're going to start talking about that mission because it is kind of the core what we wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, and then also after is a really big part of what we want to talk to you about. So yeah. Um, 
you know, this mission was, like Luke said, it was really unique in that you had both platoons out on a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't both platoons out in their entirety. It was third squad of first platoon and your squad of third platoon. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't out as a full platoon. I don't, well, maybe you guys were, but we were not out as a full platoon. Yeah, I mean, because uh, we had like uh, Hojo. So oh, I forget what platoon he was in. Um or what squad he was in because I think he was st- he was still third platoon but I forget what squad. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah and then we I think we had like a lot of an A and A too. Um and then we even had uh Captain Kitchen out there with us. So yeah. I mean it was definitely it was definitely a big big mission um and if I, if I remember correctly it was we were trying to find someone high value um and uh yeah, yeah, because you guys were kind of sweeping in from the south, mm-hmm. and kind of, kind of it was kind we of like we were a, making a semicircle towards each other, yeah, just on the a, east side of a temporal pincer, a temporal pincer <laughs> minus the temporal part. Yeah. We watched we watched Tenet recently, so it's it's in our minds. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was a pincer. It essentially, it was a pincer it, maneuver. Pincer, it was the two yeah. elements working their way towards each other, but not directly. We weren't like walking straight at each other. We we're kind of. Yeah. creating this net and i suspect the reason for that was to try to catch if we were chasing a high value target yeah which i don't remember one way or the other yeah. um so i'll trust you on that one that it, one of us would push him to the other guys yeah, yeah he exactly. wouldn't be able to get out because we had two platoons you know out there yeah. now, as far as i can remember that was the first time we ever had that large of an element on the ground other than clearing the horn yeah 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 um and I know from our, um, you know, from our perspective, it wasn't a terribly interesting story, other than we got shot at a lot. You know, yeah. we went through like Adam's Eye and um, kind of down towards Slomcon. We got a bunch of little, uh, little gunfights with a mosque and shot a whole bunch of rounds at each other. And <laughs> right. um, you know, depending on depending on, <laughs> on what version of the story you believe in, I'm I, I'm still convinced we probably got in a gunfight with Third Platoon. At one point in that mission, <laughs> well, it wasn't uh, with me. <laughs> um, I was trying to sleep um, on my thirty-minute flight and getting smacked. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't remember what what point in the mission you got hit because we never we didn't know about it until yeah. I, I mean, think I until think we got we linked up with early you. on. Um, I don't think we were mm. very far away from uh, the cop. Uh, I mean, mm. granted, we. we weren't far away from the cop in the mission anyway. Um, right. Yeah, we weren't. But, um, you know, I was just, wa- we were walking down um, this little pathway where on your left-hand side you had, you know, one of those mud walls, probably about maybe chest high, maybe maybe a little bit smaller. And then, you know, immediately to your right, you had this little creek that was going. Um, and I think we were just getting ready to be at the village. Uh, I don't what village it is, I don't know, but you know, we were starting to see some compounds, and um, mm. we passed this tree uh, that had a little log, but uh, you know, the the head of our element was still was still up there, and you know, and not that it matters, but I think there was like a clearing up up in up front where you know we could have turned around there too, um, so you know, just kind of showing like what I remember. Um, and then I remember hearing that, uh, Hey, we want to, I want to cross this or we're going to cross this log. 
And so, you know, our and that element. log was going from the path across the canal, right? Correct. Yeah, from that okay. little creek. Uh, that log like a, was like a probably bridge, about kinda. six inches, uh, six inches wide, um, probably about maybe three, four feet long, something like that. Um, but it was like right next to this tree. Um, so our front element, they turn around and they start walking right by us. Um, and then they head off. Um, and so the person in front of me was, uh, young and I think, I think Mahoney was behind me. And then maybe two guys behind him was captain kitchen. I mean, he was like, he wasn't too far away from me. Um, that was probably why they were like, oh, and we missed, um, we didn't have a saw gunner up front. Usually I'm always with uh, Sergeant Maddox, who's my team leader. And so I think it came and because Captain Kitchen was up there, I think they didn't have a saw gunner and I'm like, hey, I want a saw gunner up here. So um, Sergeant Maddox told me to head on up there. And so I did. Um, and I set up right behind uh, Young. And uh, so once we were crossing that log, Young got about halfway and you know, I was already like not wanting to cross this log because I knew it was falling in. Um, and then I knew I would never hear the end of it for the rest of the deployment um, <laughs> because they were already tallying um, the times that I've fallen. So um, like in, in our bunk, they already had like, you know, tallies going. I think I was already up to like seven times. Um, <laughs> like I do not want to fall again. Um, yeah, but at least you didn't make double digits. Uh, yeah, I didn't make double <laughs> digits. Um, yeah. You know, I well, I lost a couple of digits, but um, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, now I I took that step uh, with mm -hmm. my right foot and I immediately went down to the dirt. Uh, and, and at this time, I didn't know what the heck happened. You know, I thought maybe someone else hit it or I didn't even know it was like an IED at that time. I thought, you know, I didn't know what happened. Um, all I know is like my ears are ringing, um, face down in the dirt and then someone runs over and throws me on my back. And, uh, I think that was Hojo and, um, mm. and you know, a lot of people were telling me that he started aid on me first, like at least through the first tourniquet on me. I don't remember that part. Um, maybe that was like a few seconds of not really knowing what was going on. Um, but, I, you know, but then I started doing like kind of trying to assess like what happened. OK, well, I had this guy over here working on me like is something wrong with me. And so then I start like looking down and I, I see my pinky's gone, um, which I wish that, uh, you know, the uh, the trigger weld was a little bit longer for the saw, because I think with my hand, it's just it covered like my three fingers and the pinky just kind of hung out. Um and, uh, so I'm like, I see that's gone. Um, I see that my right leg's gone. Um, I look over, I see my left leg is just blood everywhere. Um, and then I see my hand, my left hand is, you know, blood everywhere as well. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fun. Um, and then, um, burners, uh, working on me and trying to talk to me. Cause I'm like, just, I'm just quiet at this, this moment. I'm just like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, cool, calm and collective. And, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before, where when I first joined, you know, two seven, um, and constantly getting smoked and, you know, trying to break that to confidence level, you know, I feel like all of that helped this situation. 
like prepared me for this situation for when when it really mattered to not freak out or to not like second guess yourself or anything like that um you know and obviously in the beginning when you know that's happened that sucks like stop doing this to me or whatever but you know now that i think about it and have time to reflect i'm like thank god you did that um Mm. but you know doc was trying to talk to me i was i don't know what to say to you um and so then you know they prep me and i can hear uh young screaming because he got hit uh in his elbow um and then fell into the creek um so they were definitely worried about him with uh uh, infection because that water is not friendly whatsoever. Um, yeah, yeah, especially now with an open. We, wound. we call it shit yeah, water now. for a reason. Um, yeah, and so then you know they get me ready to go. Um, choppers inbound and they start carrying me. And I think um, I think Captain Kitchen had my the bottom left of the litter, so he was on the, my left leg. Um, Mm. Maddox and Adams and I forget who else was like carrying me as well. Um, and, uh, they're, you know, as they started trying to get across this little Creek, uh, and this is my chance to like, kind of give him some crap for it. But, um, (laughs) and we all remember captain kitchen, um, posting all over the place that he can bench 300 or more and like, no one can beat him. Um, and this is just what I remember. He dropped me. Um, and this is the only time that I, that I screamed cause I landed on my left leg, I guess, you know, um, no hard feelings. I'm just messing with you. It doesn't matter. Um, should have done some more deadlifts, sir. Right. Exactly. <laughs> some more squats. I don't know. Um, you know, so, so they get me up and, you know, they get me on the bird and, um, you know, that's like a 30 minute flight back to calf, uh, and uh i remember getting to the, like the aid station there uh get to the surgeon and they're like hey we got you from here where's your id you know i point to the id and then i'm out yeah. um hmm. you know i wake up in like this really odd room because there's like all these beds all over the place it's not like you have like a curtain you have some privacy or whatever it's just like mass amount of people in like one little spot and um i think i was at calf until about like midnight or so. Um, and then flew to launch stool, but stopped off at Germany or Bagram, I should say. And, uh, and yeah, and five days just about. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember, um, I didn't sleep there at all really unless the, unless I was in surgery, I couldn't sleep in my bed at all. Um, but I had young there, you know, he came to see me a couple times. I had some of the guys calling me and stuff. Um, and I remember and my mom thought I was a nuts because she called me and I was just like, Hey mom, what's up? Like nothing. <laughs> she was like, Do you know what happened to you? I'm like, yeah, I got blown up. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, I'm fine. Like what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. is there something else that I don't know about? You know, um, <laughs> drugs are good. The drugs are great. Um, you know, so definitely freaked out her, freaked her out a good bit. So yeah, I was there till about the 29th and almost didn't get to leave because I had some like issues with my blood. Um, I guess like the levels just weren't right for transport. And then also like my wound backs were uh, messing up as well. So they had to try to find me, you know, new wound backs and, uh, 
so that I could get on the bird to head home. Like I said, we didn't know you'd got hit. Yeah. Um, until we linked up with the rest of third platoon. Um, and this is just kind of to close out what happened on the ground so that we can talk about what happened after. Yeah. Um, cause there, there's some really, really neat stuff we really want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing pieces of your saw yeah. in a grape row. Did anybody like they get had pictures they, of that? Cause I would I don't, love to see I, what happened to that guy. I don't think anybody has pictures. No. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember seeing it. It was yeah, like they yeah. like dumped it into an ammo can or something and like tried to get the thermite to sh- to light it all off and they failed miserably. Yeah. Um, the thermite <laughs> didn't kill it all. And I am so I guess, glad I was a saw gunner though. Like oh, just, just looking at my injuries, like if, you know, and I guess even hearing the stories of what my saw looked like, hmm. thank God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was um, bone shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know how much of that it. was the thermite that they threw on it, or how much of it was <laughs> yeah, the, right. the yeah, IED. I mean, like, from I mean, from what I remember, basically the, like the little blob on the on the feed tray had been melted by the thermite, but the rest of it was still blown all to shit. Like the stock and the pistol grip and all that stuff was yeah, just basically yeah. not there. Well, like I said, I mean, this uh, is like a clean cut. You know, that's hmm. where the the trigger weld or they handled stopped. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And then with my left hand, that was all underneath the saw. You know, that's yeah. how I was holding it. Um, so that got really jacked up, um, you know, and then uh, and I know we all laughed at them. But when we got those diapers, remember, remember those like diapers that we had to wear, like, thank mm-hmm. God for that. Um, yeah. You know, I think with the way I was striding. That's why I kind of like did like a Forrest Gump moment where it just like jumped up and bit me, um, mm. you know, in in that area. Um, but um, but thank God for that. Your strike is the single event that changed the rest of the deployment for us. You're welcome. Because <laughs> because it was the it was <laughs> the first that. time I that I remember that we yeah. stepped off the roads. Mid because yeah. we had been walking roads all the time and paths and stuff, and we didn't really think much of it. Yeah. Um, and we would obviously walk roads for short periods of times later. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just had to, but I remember distinctly that day mm. going back to spare one gar. And like you said, we were close. We could see it the whole time. Yeah. 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 I just remember looking at spare one gar and looking to my right at this beautiful path, just paralleling us like five feet away. Right. And we're just like up and over grape rows and up and over walls and all this stuff and smoking the crap out of us <laughs> yeah and just looking over at that path and we paralleled it all the way to sparwangar and sparwangar never got bigger until we were at the south gate yeah <laughs> like so thank yeah. you but also damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is what it is yeah. you know yeah uh, I, i'm just glad that you know not that um you know like i said before i'm glad that it, you know on that day it was me because someone else was going to get it Um, and you know, I'm totally okay. You know, they always say if it's your time, it's your time. Um, and I think that, uh, that resonated a lot with me. Um, and I think that helped me with like kind of processing it too. Um, you know, and then also thinking of like the guys behind me, like I wouldn't have wanted any of them to get hit. And so, uh, I was totally fine. Um, I'm sure it was also kind of a, kind of a, 
mind game for those guys after you got hit. Like you weren't the lead guy. Yeah, you, you were in the middle in of the formation. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was like yeah. the eighth or tenth guy. So you know, yeah. it and they went over it twice. You know, yeah, kinda. Uh, kinda. I mean, they, you know, the game of inches, but you know, essentially, any of them could have. Yeah, just went that inch to the right, inch to the left, whatever, mm-hmm. and, and and got it. But um, you yeah, know, it's just, it, it the, this particular circumstance illustrates the game of inches so much. Oh yeah, it does. You know, just and how meticulous we were to try to stay in the lines and yeah. walk where the other guy walked and stuff. And it's just like you can do it three hundred and sixty days out of the, or two hundred and seventy days out of the year. Yeah, but eventually it's not going to work or, out. And actually know, the guy in front of you has a size eight boot and you have a size 12 right. and a half, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you got to Walter Reed, uh-huh. like we said, you have the distinction of, I think you were our first Walter first. Reed. I was arrival. the first guy sent back. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. everyone that got hit, like yeah. got hurt before they like went to calf, got patched up and then kind of got back. sent back or whatever. Yep. Cause they were just like grazes or, you know, like a TBI or yeah, shrapnel or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I was the, or Young and I were the first ones to be uh, sent back. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was, that was an interesting time too. The flight on the way back was great because I had an epidural and uh, morphine push at this time. So that was a very comfortable ride. Um, and, uh, but once I got there, you know, uh, so th- what's crazy is they had these like giant, uh, ambulance buses. Um, yeah. and so like all of us are on this and there was for, with me, most of the guys, like they could walk off. Um, there was like only me and maybe two others that, you know, needed to be assisted. Uh, one guy was in, uh, like a, a deuce coma. Um, and it was a Marine. His name was Jed. Um, his dad was on the plane um, back from um, Germany because he was really messed up. And I, you know, I remember his dad came to talk to me, um, prayed, and then you know all that. Um, and then when we got to Walter Reed, we were basically on the opposite sides of each other. I was on hmm. the left side; he was on the right side. You know, I could see his room, whatever. And so, kind of got to talk to him a little bit, and. Um, but, um, oh God, I, again, you know, like how I had that phone call with my mom when we got into the elevator and I had like my mom, my dad, my stepdad, my sister, I had everyone in there and, uh, you know, it was just kind of a very quiet, uh, elevator ride. And so it's like, Hey guys, what's up? You know? <laughs> and they're just like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like I hate you right now for scaring the crap out of us. But, uh. Mm. But no, you else. said your family was pretty close. Yeah, to they were Reed. about an hour away. You know, yeah, um, awesome. I think that was That's good, man. That was the deciding factor of keeping me at Walter Reed because I was, mm. you know, uh, about ready to go to um, San Antonio because mm. um, they had a they had a good program too there for right. amputees. Um, but uh, you know, it was definitely that deciding factor that my family is here, so let's stay here. Um, yeah. Now, unfortunately, 
well, you'd like to think that since you were one of the few, since you were the first to Walter Reed, yeah, that you would also be the first to leave Walter Reed, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, no, that was yeah, not the case. Um, you have the unique uh, distinction of being one of the people that was there for so long, man. I mean, some guys that get yeah. wounded late in the deployment were out of the army before you left. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Left Walter um, Reed. Yeah, so that was uh, an interesting time, too. And um, so, like, right after I got injured, um, you know, we start dropping like flies. I think mm-hmm. Sedino was like the the next one. And, um, you know, I remember like always going to his room to see how he's doing. And he was like one of the only ones that I actually knew that got injured. Everybody else mm-hmm. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Dennison. I didn't know Todd. I heard of Clark, but I didn't really like um, get to know him like I did Sedino. Um, mm-hmm. And then Boyce, I remember him. You know, I remember Perez coming to to visit. Uh, like we have a picture all together, uh, like Prez, me, Boyce and Clark all together. Um, uh, Hedrick, I didn't, I didn't know him either. And, um, but what I tried to do, you know, when I was there is I had a pretty good relationship with our liaison, like, uh, NCO there. And so I was like, whenever my guys, you know, my guys come, let me know. And I want to be there. And, um, so I, I was, I was there, you know, for all the guys, even if I didn't know them. Um, and when I was able to start walking, I'd like walk into their room, I'd wheel up to their door. I'd walk into their room just so, you know, kind of give them that visual that, okay, Hey, you just lost like your leg or both legs, whatever, you know, you could still, you you know, you're going to get that ability back again. Um, and, and at that time too, I also had this like giant bird cage, which, you know, had all these pins in my legs. So, I mean, um, you know, I just wanted to show them that, you know, it's going to be okay. Uh, and I remember like Clark, one of the things that he said to me is like, you motivate the fuck out of me. Um, you know, cause he just saw me walk in granted. I ran pretty much to the chair so I could sit down cause it hurt like hell. But, you know, I wanted to just show that, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, and and to what you guys said before, I did a good job because they all left before me. Yeah, you know? and that's good, man. I mean, I think um, like being there, being the first one on the door, and being willing to to make that effort to show up for those guys yeah. had to be invaluable to them. I mean, that had to be worth a lot to yeah. see you walk into the room, and you know, especially after yeah. going through that trauma and everything. So it was cool that you. Yeah had the wisdom and the foresight and the wherewithal to understand that was your, that was, you know, something that you, you contributed to those guys. I'm sure that. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. I just tried to focus that as being my like next mission, you know? So, and True. I think it, it helped me mentally as well with my, um, recovery process and, and everything. And, you know, I, um, you know, before I met my wife, I was even kind of thinking about being one of those liaison guys because um, mm-hmm. I thought, uh, but I I wouldn't have gotten that rank being injured. You know, I think you had to be like an E6 to get it. And, and that's, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. Was there already a, a liaison in place when you got to Walter Reed? Uh, there was you, you probably were the first third yeah. ID soldier that was wounded yeah, on the, the ground in years yeah uh the 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 liaison that we had was someone that was just covering basically and then um and then later on when i think more of the guys started getting hurt we actually had a third id guy come okay uh his his name was uh sergeant ricks 
Um, yep. And he, you know, he was, you know, third ID. Uh, the other guy, right. I, I think he might have been 82nd or something of that nature. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just kind of covering down a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, and, and even the fact of like being the first, um, and no offense to them at all, but our guys weren't even tracking me. Like rear, yeah. rear detachment wasn't even tracking me. They didn't even know about me. Um, you know, it, it took a phone call from my old platoon sergeant to, cause he was checking on me, uh, certain first class white and he was checking on me and he was like, Hey, as you're, you know, as your guys contacted you, you know, from back stateside, I'm like, no, I don't think they even know about me. And he was like, give me five minutes. And, <laughs> uh, he just like went over there and did something and then they called me right away and then they were like hey we'll be <laughs> up there to see you next week with you know i, I imagine what he did was very loud yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah um and deservedly so yeah it, you know, uh, yeah it, uh, it changed the tune pretty quick but you know and yeah. i was just a private i didn't know any better um and and not that it mattered to me at all it really um you know didn't hurt my feelings one way or the other um mm. you know i'm sure they had other things that they were tracking and you know like i said we i was just there like two weeks before you guys left like they're already keeping track of like how many people in our whole entire battalion or whatever you know mm. so so you know once you uh got through the the walter reed process and you ended up kind of leaning into all this stuff you know what what did life look for you on the back end of that i mean how long did it take you to recover and what was what was it what did life you know kind of play out for you once you got past that point in your life so life was definitely a struggle um because with me we were dealing with a limb salvage leg um mm. my left leg just was not happy with anything that we did um i, I had so pretty much the bulk of my surgeries were trying to save the left leg um, and just to kind of give a little rundown of the injuries there is the uh, my upper thigh inside is all skin graft. Um, there is nothing for my shin. Um, they had to take my uh, calf muscle. They had to split that in half, cover the, the top half of it. And then uh, put uh, what they call shark cartilage or Integra uh, on the other part, uh, just so that they could put skin over top of it and cover that. Um, and then the ankle was just completely destroyed. Um, so yeah. we had to eventually get a uh, ankle fusion and a brace from San Antonio um, so that I can be functional and that I can kind of run, uh, which I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was the main factor of me staying there for so long. And then, you know, even another part um, with trying to move on with life, you know, I reconnected with my wife, Lauren, uh, when I was at Walter Reed, probably like about December of uh, 2012, um, because in March 2013, we started dating Um but I had to tell her that I can't have kids naturally. And that was rough. You know, I, I, I kind of came out with it real quick um, to let her know that like, 
you know, all that stuff's there, but it's like trying to take a BB gun or a pellet gun, you know, okay. against a seven, six, two, like it, right. it, they're there, but they can't do anything. They can't, they're not going to be able to do what they need to do, um, to, uh, have a kid. So we need to go into, you know, we need to do IVF. Uh, and you know, I told her that straight up. Um, and for some odd reason, she stayed with me, um, you know, and, and this is all due to the blast injuries. Yeah. And this is all clarify. due to the blast. Yeah. Um, and again, thank God for those diapers, um, mm-hmm. that they gave us the, you know, those, those, uh, Kevlar diapers, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, you know, we were going to struggle to have a family and struggle. Did we ha- have, um, and because at this time, like uh, my urologist there was like, marry her now so that mm. the military can help you. Because once you're out, there's nothing available for you. Um, and like, I wasn't going to start a relationship off of that, you know, mm. like neither of us were going to do that. And so sure. we, um, you know, Luckily, with her insurance, because she was working out of school at that time, um, it was able to cover cover IVF. Um, and so. So we were able to um, find a local clinic, uh, 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 Shady Grove Fertility, which is like one of the best uh, pretty much in the world. Um, and they're in Rockville. And so we were able to go with them. You know, our first cycle failed and then we were able to get. Uh, our first child after the second cycle. But, um, but that, you know, kind of before that is when we got connected with, um, I think wounded warrior project resolve where, you know, we can say a lot of things about wounded warrior project, but when it comes to legal stuff, I don't think there's any military group better. Um, you know, there might be some other ones, but, uh, they were a big factor in, um, pushing this. And so what that was, was to get the like 30 year old law changed that prevented the VA from stepping in. Um, so, so we went, this, we lobbied this whole law prevented the VA from funding IVF, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, it prevented them from funding it because it was just, it was just outdated. Um, yeah. It was outdated. And you, and you were saying earlier, it's because way back when, in the early days of IVF, they would just kind of like, it was like a shotgun technique. They'd, yeah, Eventually, exactly. they were, it would result in aborted um, eggs or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that they made a law banning yeah, it so that they stink. Exactly. Yeah. Put yeah. a stink right on, on it. So. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we lobbied Congress. Um, you know, we had, uh, forget. And this was for your, so that you could have your second child, correct? What's that? Because the first the first one you were able to have with correct under your wife's insurance, insurance, but the second one, the second one was going to be that. on our own if you know right if mm. nothing changed in Congress. And we were already lobbying this before we even had our first. Um, oh, okay. You know, we started this. We started this like 2015. Um, mm. Our mm-hmm. first daughter Claire was born in 2016, so we were already like starting this. Um, you know, we knew that we were already. Um, good, at least for the first, but, you know, we knew there was a lot of people not so lucky, you know, Mm. not so lucky to have an insurance with the school system that, 
um, you know, paid for it all. And so, you know, we lobbied, um, we had a lot of muscle going through and, you know, they actually approved it. Um, they approved, it was just, they kind of approved like a more provisional one where every two years it would uh, get renewed, but you know, something. And, you know, when it came time for us to start for our second child, it, I won't, I don't, won't say it went smoothly because it was just like, you had to go through the VA and then through another party. But for the most part, it was pretty smooth. Um, yeah. And we were also their guinea pig too. We were their first ones. So here again, I'm like the first. Um, so you were, you were the first veteran to get an, uh, an approved IVF under VA funding. I'm not sure if I was going to be the first, like for all the VA, but I was definitely the first for Martinsburg VA in West right. Virginia. Um, oh, okay. Cause you know, they didn't, they've never done this process. Uh, it was still a fairly new process. Uh, not a lot of people knew about it anyway. You know, it was, it's one of those things where, um, you don't know about it until you start asking people. Um, yeah. and, uh, so it was great that we were able to kind of be, you know, essentially that first again, um, at least for our area, but, um, but you know, it worked and, uh, we had our second kid, um, you know, so it was, you know, I, I say it's a job, well, you know, a victory. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, I hope, and I hope that we were able to help a lot, a lot of other families. I think we did, um, you know, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, that was that, like that second mission. Um, so. Which uh, you said you 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 appealed to Congress. Which which uh, members of Congress were the ones kind of working with you to get this oh, to God. happen? There was um, uh, Senator Murray out of uh, Washington State, I believe. She was like the main one um, that uh, was kind of like uh, hitting the bill. Um, she's the one that I think wrote it and everything like that. Um, which is she's a Democrat. Um, and uh, not trying to get political or anything like that, but um, I feel like know, this should be a very apolitical issue. Yeah, yeah, it should. <laughs> it should, should yeah, matter. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. you you look at our uh, veterans, and sure, we're crazy, but you know, especially for the guys that got injured, you know, the one thing that you know they're going to teach their kids is perseverance, and I think mm-hmm. we need a lot of that right now, um, where you know, life brings you down and you just keep going. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's something that's missing a lot lately where, you know, someone tells me no, and I just cry about it and, you know, I don't do anything. Um, and you know, I, I just feel like we, as especially like wounded veterans, um, we can offer, you know, a good life for these kids, you know, like our kids and like, why wouldn't you try to do whatever you can to uh, allow us to do that? You know, everyone has that dream of, you know, a house picket fence, you know, and kids. And it was almost like they, yeah, they wanted that, but not for you guys. You know, that's why it kind of seemed like a little bit, you know, everyone else can do it, but not, not veterans that are, um, having these types of injuries because 
it gets into that whole abortion. And I'm like, we are the most pro-life people around. We're trying to make life and you are making it difficult because you are going off of a 30 year old science. You know, you're not, you're not listening to the doctors now. You're not listening to like how things have changed drastically. Um, you know, and they're still trying to mess with like what we do with our embryos and, and things of that nature. You know, it's like, I don't understand why government needs to try to like, um, govern our control everything, you know, like, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, we'll just keep it at that. I'm like, I don't understand, you know, we're just trying to get that American dream too, you know, and we lost that because. Yeah. And we can separate the politics from it and just say a fairly basic statement that if somebody got wounded at war, then society should be willing to allow them to take whatever means they can to create the life they envision for themselves. And if that includes children, then our society should support the veterans or someone who's been wounded more in that fashion. Whatever they need to do to make that happen needs to be a reality for people. So, you know, society, government, whatever, should not dictate that. Exactly. And then also with, with us trying to advocate for veterans getting access to like IVF. Uh, you know, the hope was that this should transfer out to the civilian sector too, because it's hard for them as well. Not like every business covers this and it's very expensive. Um, and so like, you know, if the government starts doing it for, you know, the government employees, then hopefully it will trickle down to, you know, those civilians. And, you know, that was the ultimate goal, too. I think if we got that full bill, maybe that might have made things a little bit easier for them. But um, that's good. You got the work done. You know, it's good. You got the work done that you did, man. And like, and I'm really. Yeah, that was one of the things that we talked about before is, you know, I love the fact that you I feel like you're a good example of someone who's really made life work for him post facto. You know, it doesn't you know, you got yeah. you got fucked up in Afghanistan, but then you've carried on yeah. and you've created a life for yourself and you you've married well, sounds like, and you've you've created two beautiful children. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know, and you're living your life. Definitely an upgrade. And um and that's it's it's really encouraging to see that any even a guy who got seriously wounded at war is able to move past that, move into that next yeah, that next step and create a real, true and honest life in spite of yeah the adversity and the trauma and everything that you had to go through personally. And that's a, that's a valuable thing that people need to learn to begin to grasp to because it's, yeah, it's a hell of a circumstance, man. And I, I think that's something I definitely yeah. respect you for. And I think I can speak for Curtis too here. Like we respect the fact that you, yeah. you took charge and, you know, you made it, you made it your own on the back end of everything. And, and you also took care of other people too. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's easy, you know, and you know, you, you were already set, you know, you were already on your wife's insurance having your first kid and you were already fighting for other people to be able to do so. You may not have had a second kid, yeah. but you saw, you saw the gap in the system yeah. and at that time that gap didn't even apply to you. And yeah. You still yeah, went no, forward no, no. and you still advocated for it and you still, and man, kudos, man, all yeah. the respect in the world. 
yep, for stepping you. up when you didn't even have to, man. It, yeah. it wasn't even your fight at first. Yeah. It, it became your fight. Yeah. But, you know, at the time it wasn't. So, yeah, no. It, yeah, definitely Great wasn't. work, man. Yep, thank great you. Work. Appreciate it. You know, it was just, yeah, you know, something that we felt that, you know, both my wife and I felt that we needed to do because it was something that was, it was wrong and, you know, and it yeah. needed to change. And, you know, you're um, talking about how, like, I person, you know, again, going back to what I was saying before, like, yeah. I persevered through some crazy stuff. Uh, and yeah. I'm just going to teach that to my kid. I mean, I wish I didn't right now because <laughs> she is she she is basically me and she figures things out that you know i don't want her to figure out just yet and she's only four <laughs> but you know it's like it's it's already working and you know that i think that's what we need in society more um you know oh god what like what did oh we uh broke our stove top one time and mm. she wanted scrambled eggs or whatever and at this time, my wife and I didn't know you could microwave it, but um, we go, well, honey, we, we're waiting on a new stovetop, so we can't cook them right now. And she goes, without even thinking, she goes, you can use the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's like three at this time. Yeah. And she already knew that. Like, my wife and I are looking at each other like, can we? And so, like, yeah. we Googled it, and you can. And it's actually not half bad. But it's just like, you know, it's those little things that she's already able to figure that stuff out and, mm-hmm. and you know, I can't mm-hmm. help like, God, that's what we need, you know? And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, it's probably more my wife, but we'll just say for the sake of argument right now that it was, you know, me persevering through this and we'll just go with that. Um, but you know, that's, that's the thing that's, you know, we're trying to fight for. Um, and well, you know, good, you man. Todd, that's good and, and beautiful, you know, yeah. and human. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you yeah. like see Todd, he um, built his own freaking barn with one leg. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I mean, and yeah, he was also running the army 10 miler like four weeks after his injury. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's I, I mean, I walked the 10 miler. I did a couple of days, but yeah, he, he I mean, Maybe. he had a yeah. freakishly fast recovery. Yeah. yeah. Screw his scratch. Crazy. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, God, I, yeah, he kind of pissed but me you're off. Right. A bit. Yeah, he was Todd's like, he was, I think he was out before and... like anybody else was too. Yeah, it was like, well, one of the to, first. Be, to be fair, his his wound was pretty minor. I mean, it would, yeah, he, he he lost his foot, he didn't lose his leg. Yeah, you know? yeah, still you know. screw him. He's, he's um, like that snatching out know. He's listening to this. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, man. I got my shit blown off. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, no, I, I held your broken foot in my hand, Calvin. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Well, man. Jay, uh, it's this is we, we always close these things up with a, with an opportunity for you to, you know, get on your your pulpit and and say whatever it is that you want to say anything that you wanted to talk about during the episode we didn't get to or anything you just really wanted to say so uh, the floor is yours man just... well you know i you know i've, I've met a, you know i met up with them at walter reed once but uh obviously want to just thank uh burner for everything that he did sorry i messed you up um because you know according to like uh luke here and you know when they saw you it, it was it was you were rough, but uh, you know, thank you so so much for everything that you did for me. Um, 
you know, thank you, uh, Hojo. What's, what's, I don't remember his real name. Like, well, Hojanaki. Hojanaki. Thank you for, you know, being right there. If you're listening, you know, um, just thanks to everybody, you know, it would, uh, you know, especially in the early going, everyone was supporting me. Everyone was room for me, um, through Facebook. You know, I was always trying to keep, uh, keep you guys updated. Um, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that I let you know that I'm taking care of everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, I would also like to see, and granted, this is just, you know, our little podcast and stuff, but, you know, for any of the new guys listening, like, especially like new privates and whatnot, and those young guys, and, you know, I don't know if it's even possible, but I would like to say you could go to like that, you know, before you deploy, go to that, like, you know, because I know you're not thinking about kids and thinking about your future, but go to that, you know, fertility clinic close by or something and just store some stuff, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, I was lucky that all that stuff kind of still worked, but you know, not all the way, but I mean, I know people that they had to use donor and like, I mean, that's going to be rough. Uh, you know, you're doing what you can, but that's gotta be rough. And, you know, None of us are thinking about that. We're not really thinking about our future or, or we're not even thinking about that. We're going to get hurt like that. But that's what these IEDs are meant to do. Um, that is exactly what they're meant to do. They're meant to disrupt, you know, they're not necessarily meant to kill, but they're meant to disrupt everything. Um, yeah. And, you know, I would like to see, you know, I would like to see like a program like that, like where, you know, before guys deploy, you know, you look into that, you know, and sure. I don't think that was ever something that anybody thinks of. Um, and, you know, just want to like kind of, you know, give them like some, you know, wisdom and to protect your future, you sure. know. Um, I'd say the army should do it, but they would definitely yeah. screw that up. So. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, <laughs> but. Just, just do it on your own. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and then also another thing, stop worrying about getting smoked every single day because <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, there's that, a purpose for it. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is a purpose for it. And you know, uh, I thank God for it because I don't think if I like freaked out that day, I don't know. I mean, I don't, hmm. I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you guys. Um, sure. You know, and then, um, you know, another thing that, uh, to make this a little bit more fun, um, you know, the day before I got blown up, I was like, just had my first cigarette. Can't wait to get the F out of here. And then next morning at about 7am I'm out, you know, um, (laughs) you know, so don't smoke, uh, you know, yeah, smoking, what's that? Smoking wounds. Yeah, <laughs> smoking wounds. Right? You know, well, I, mean, I would say uh from us, man, thank you because you know, our lessons in Panjway were harshly learned and you were the final nail on driving it home to us to get off the roads. And honestly, man, like Yeah. We we owe it to you the lesson of get off the roads, at least for first platoon. Because at that yeah. point we had already <laughs> oh. fucked up pretty badly on the roads with the engineers um right before you got hit yeah. a couple of weeks before and uh so it was yeah. good to 
you know, get that lesson driven home. And, and after that, it changed. And, you know, our interaction with, yeah. with IEDs decreased significantly after that. If we would have kept going the yeah. way we were at before you got hit, we would have yeah. gotten probably lost more people. Than what we we lost did, so. yeah. half our company. Yeah. yeah. Half our so company that was, that yeah, was I, know, I mean, that was, I'm just glad that I'm just glad you guys, you know, definitely got that support you needed. Um, you know, after, you know, a number of us got injured or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just glad that uh, things were able to change for you all for the better. And, you know, even kind of like rewind a little bit too. I'm glad that I was able to be there for at least when I think the first half of you guys came back because I was mm-hmm. down there at Fort Stewart and I was able to walk you guys out um, to like to that, like that welcome home ceremony, that first one. Because I think they mm-hmm. did it like a couple of waves or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> third platoon came home before we did. Yeah, so we were we were the trail element. We were the last ones back. Yeah, so I got to see all my guys come back, and yeah, that was awesome. You know, cool. But, and uh, well, and and also thanks for coming on, man. I mean, it's it's been a lot of first platoon guys. Um, you know, by this point, it's been a pretty tight circle. So, right. um, you know, I appreciate you trusting us to to tell your story and yeah, no. being patient with us and. And uh, and letting us help you tell your story, and so so thank you for that, man. No, thank you guys for having yeah. me on here. This is this has been fun, you know. Kind of, you haven't talked to, you know, well, I mean, I've talked about it, but you know, I haven't talked to it uh, with you know other guys that were there uh, sure. that I was with, you know. So you know, it was good seeing you guys again, and uh, good talking to you. Yeah, yeah. So, All right. Thanks well, for we thanks appreciate for stopping it, by. Yep. Thank you.